You really get it talking at a normal volume while wearing those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Admiring it for like... <laughs> As I guess opposed because to you're what? using a microphone. Yeah. yeah. Well, most people wear head like if I talk to Moment or something while he's like working, he just like will reply with the loudest voice I've ever heard. Like I used to do that with guests. Yeah, that game's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that with guests where I was like, "So welcome to the podcast." <laughs> because I don't know, I felt like shouting through the internet somehow was like more effective. Yeah, you don't have that unlimited bandwidth. You gotta get more voice. Through. The mic's just like peaking like <laughs> it's just redlining it sounds the like one of those like weird call of duty meme videos or whatever <laughs> just super blown out yeah <laughs> oh baby a triple <laughs> all right wordcast episode 99 woo woo I'm Dylan Alvento, and I'm joined by two of the world's greatest indie devs, Will Blanton. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I'm two of the world's indie, greatest indie devs, and then Sam Lotion. Hey, hey, welcome back, guys. Uh, thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> first time, <laughs> yeah. First time ever on episode 99. We're there. We're almost there. That's pretty crazy. We're at the precipice. I've never done something a hundred times. Eat? Wait, I lied. <laughs> Slept? How long oh, have yeah, you been alive? Two. Will? <laughs> I'm brand new, baby. I've only slept 98 times <laughs> in my life. How long has it been going now? Uh, a little over two years. Wow. So if, if, if we did it, if it were weekly, we would have gotten to episode 100 now because two-year anniversary of the podcast was like, in July of sometime is when we started doing nice. it. But because uh Aaron your dirty not. laundry. Well, you know, man. I like I like being punctual, I like being efficient. Yeah. You know how it is. Um but yeah, but yeah, so we're a little behind. But it's okay. It's you're you're be. like remarkably not that far behind though. No. Yeah, lots of podcasts are like <laughs> haven't gotten Yeah. Here. A lot a lot of podcasts die. Yeah. Before episode ninety nine. So, we did it. Congratulations. Well, yeah. Congratulations to you. Too. I mean, as long as you make the next podcast, congratulations. And if you don't, mm. you're a failure, Dylan. Well, technically, this is the 100th episode. Wait, what? Because we started with episode zero. Is this show zero oh, indexed? Wow. Yeah, zero this, indexed. This, this, this show is zero indexed. <laughs> Woo, so, we did it, boy. We, we're here. Episode zero. <laughs> But we'll 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 it's the like the pilot episode or whatever. Exactly. It's yeah. a test run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make sure all this shit works. You know, we recorded it on a fucking mic laptop or a laptop mic. So that was cool. Cool. <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> it sounds so good. You guys should go back and listen. Please don't. I can't wait. What did you talk about on the first podcast? It was about making the podcast. It was like well, actually, it, it was solely about. I'm glad that you you spent the first podcast ever you've ever done talking about how crazy making podcasts are. So is this a podcast? <laughs> no, it was actually mostly about um, uh, what we were going to name Ward because we didn't have uh, a name at the point. So we started the podcast before what? having a name. So we're like, all right, we're going to name it. And then through the entire span of that podcast, which is like two and a half hours, we didn't come up with a name. <laughs> and then we came up with a name off air. So when we did the first episode, we had the name. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's history. That's our history. That's our collective Wardcast history. Gentlemen. 
Well, so like this will really be like maybe like the maybe sixteenth episode of Wardcast. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get real technical, I I think the podcast actually started when I got these mics, <laughs> <laughs> which was like ten or twelve podcasts ago. Nice. Uh, but yeah, it's been a wild ride, and the wild ride keeps on going. Will, how you been? I've been pretty good. Yeah, not bad. What you been up to? Yeah, just like work. Yeah. Still living that UX life? Yeah, boy. Yeah? Yeah? You like it? Uh, it's okay. Uh, we have like a, a few new clients and I'm doing some other stuff and going to be making some HTML5 games pretty soon. It's going to be wild, mm-hmm. boys. It's pretty cool. You're going to do, what are you, are you phaser? What are you, what are you uh, so I feel like, so phaser is like cool and it's like. But it's not ha- the coolest. It, well, phaser has the legacy I like. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the rich tapestry. No, that's the guy that made it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was it, uh, yeah, it's his name. Was a really rich tapestry. Uh, was a really prominent uh, developer on Flixel. Okay. Oh, cool. Really familiar with his stuff. Uh, Ilk, you know the the pixel art uh, does a lot of Pico Eight stuff. Um, uh, I I believe it's pronounced differently. Ilke, I don't know. I believe it's pronounced P- Pucko. This is what you get for making your shit shit impronounceable. <laughs> Piaco, what? What's, uh, Pekka, I love his like, work. It's really good. Pico, Pika, Pika eight, Pika eight. Yeah, Pika. no, Pika eight, Pika. <laughs> oh come on, Ugh. Pika eight. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so uh, him and him and Rich uh, have this little kind of company called Photon Storm. They do some really great stuff. They were kind of early on, like the HTML five bandwagon. So Phaser is really interesting, but Phaser is built on top of Pixie JS. Okay. Um, and the games that I'm going to be making are going to be pretty like uh, bare bones, a lot of like word games and really fun stuff. Edutainment. Yeah. So um, you got to do some like frog fraction shit in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to build like a whole second layer to that game. Well, so one of the things I'm going to be doing is, uh, and this might fit really well into one of the topics we might be talking about, but um, mm-hmm. uh, migrating some flash games to HTML five. Mm. And like they hired this other dude to do their flash games. And like, so when they're talking to us about it, they're like, you know, like we do these little micro learning things for corporations and we want them to make them feel fun, but we don't want them to be like, oh, you're playing games at work. And so like I was playing one of the Flash games and like all of their games are just like these like little like two to five minute kind of things. And this guy's stuff is like you start off and there's like ducks and then you got to pick which duck is different and then you got to make all the ducks face the right way and then you gotta make all the ducks uh, do all this stuff and like play Russian nesting dolls with ducks and it's like five million duck games in this one game and I'm like this does not fit this criteria of like <laughs> hey I'm learning something new and it only takes a few minutes learning, it's just I'm like learning about mallards <laughs> yeah 45 minutes of being like where'd all these ducks come from <laughs> so yeah it's gonna be fun I guess cool it's pretty interesting. I did a nice little Pico 8 talk at work the other day. Pika 8? Perka 8? Perka bait? <laughs> but yeah, that was cool. Cool. What'd you talk about? Uh, I talked about how um, how holistic the entire experience of developing a Pico 8 game can be. 
compared to other mm. frameworks and like so i used Hackflexel, my my framework your, of choice your baby yeah my little that's my that's my you youngin <laughs> no Hackflexel is my boo and pico 8's my side boo oh man you're you're gumar <laughs> yeah the herald to my kumar whatever i don't know <laughs> whatever um, you're saying so like, I don't know. but um yeah so like you know in order to use Hackflexel, like oh you got to install hacks great and then Oh, uh, but it also you need the dependencies like OpenFL and Lime, and also, oh, uh, you need an IDE, and also you need something to create assets for art, and something else to create assets for music, and so you're like downloading and installing, like, like basically, like when you sit down to make something, like it's really nice just to be like, click once, and now I'm in the thing. I'm gonna be making everything. Yeah. Um, and specifically, like it just burns my buttons really grinds my gears when i'm like trying to learn something like especially like web development related because it's just like oh yeah just uh this is a cool framework called like whatever and but also you need these 18 other frameworks (laughs) and and also like this this specific setup installation guide like is for something that's like two versions behind so now you're getting all these errors and it's just like this like five hour long thing just <laughs> yeah. to be like oh great i made a div in a web page you know it's like it's honestly bullshit and we should demand better yeah from our technology leaders oh yeah what that's just, this is why i'm not a web developer yeah, it's yeah. Rough. are you using xam oh you need to be using zam <laughs> yeah. are you using apache no, uh, you... but which version but wait are you using mono db or are you using node like come on get on it yeah so right. Uh, but yeah, the, the Pico 8 talk went really well and a few people at work are like, this is the coolest thing ever. And like, supposedly they're spending all weekend this weekend playing with it. So Pico we'll Jam. see you on Monday. Dude, I mean, Tuesday. you got to host a Pico Jam at, Mo- at Mobilux. That would be dope. And let us come use your, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> use <laughs> your office space. My favorite thing about Pico 8 is I like, so I'd never use the other tools in it. All the doodles and stuff I make are just like algorithmically drawn stuff um so i actually can't draw sprites or anything i'm really bad at that drawing club um i knew like music a little bit but i'm still really bad at pico's like sequencer but like so so like unity is like my framework of choice it's not really a framework but unity is my editor of choice right and it's like you can't just like write something in unity and then like hit play and it like does something well i mean you can but it's it's more. It's, it's more. There's involved. way more setup, but like, in Pico Eight, I can scripts. literally just go write something, and it will draw shit. Right. I don't have to like you know set up a scene with the camera. Yeah. And, create know. an object, and then right. create a like, script and attach the object to the script. There's just so much overhead and boilerplate to making a Unity project that is just non-existent in Pico Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Are there? I feel like shouldn't there be like plugins or something for that stuff? Like, well, here's the cool like thing about that: one like, button click and then like a Unity. sketching. Yeah. For environment. Unity. I mean, you, it's pretty easy to like sketch in a shader, right? Because you can just throw like a quad in a scene and then a material on the quad and then put the. Well, see, so you have to set the material in the quad. Then you, yeah. And then, so, it, yeah, I, I mean, it would be cool if you preset, could just like. Preset scenes where it's just like character controller, everything. All right, that's all in there. Or, well, see, here's the thing is like, that's the thing that gets me with like a lot of like web frameworks, like HTML5 things is like you start doing something and it's pretty simple and then you need a solution for something and so like oh well let's add something to it and then you're just constantly adding stuff to it but like pico 
it's really easy just to be like, put this sprite here, you know? Like, you don't have to be like, oh, well, we we need to import the sprite object, and we need to do this. And we I need, need this. an animation plug-in that can right. lerp stuff. And yeah, exactly. Blah, blah, you're blah. just like, well, you know, and there, you run into a lot of walls where you're like, oh, I need this to, like, do a specific thing, and then you have to, like, do it yourself. But, like, I feel like that's more, it's more fun than just being like, like being like, oh, I need to tween this thing. Uh, gotta go find the best tweening library. Yeah. Like, oh, instead, it's not just compatible like, with these other plugins I have. Yeah. There's a conflict there. Cause so like, there's like an immediacy to Pico 8 that's like also paired with like a very simplicity type of bridge that's nice. Yeah. Like in Unity, Unity is probably like the grossest example of too many options. Because, like it, you import a sprite and it's like, do you want maps on this? Like what kind of filtering are we going to use? Like what's the maximum size? And, and there's all like, this stuff. And of course, no one knows well, what that means. Like, you know, <laughs> beginner right developers. yeah beginners to, beginners don't you have use to listen that stuff. to like a 12 year old explain it to you on youtube and the and the preset yeah or like we some, some like weird russian games. guy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um start making games in the womb um but i mean and the preset's fine like the like the 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 preset settings that it usually uses are fine you know for for beginners but all those options exist because there's a like unity has to work for every single use case but because of pico it's minimalism there's really only a few ways to do stuff in it and that also makes it cool when you discover a new way of doing something in Pico 8. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like if you can, like uh, like we, the GPIO pin stuff that we were talking about oh, yeah. last night. Um, when people find new ways to draw stuff or uh, to to hack the performance of Pico 8 and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's really rewarding feeling. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, people doing like, Twitter clients in Pico and that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, oh, so it was feeding in Twitter. Um, the API. Uh, yeah. Somehow I don't know how it works. I should have looked at the code, but someone was feeding in uh, Twitter data through the GPIO pins in Pico Eight. Shit, which is pretty cool. Huh? You can use them for anything. I wanna. I wanna. Someone's probably already made this, but I want to Twitch one. Like, can they, like, downsample a Twitch stream into, like, the resolution and then have a chat, a side chat? Someone did, um, actually, didn't you do a video thing? Yeah, so, like, I was, like, thinking about, like, oh, it'd be cool to, like, have, like, really crazy big animations in this. And then I realized, like, so this was, like, this is how cool Pico 8 is. Because I was just, like, oh, it'd be cool to have, like, full screen animations of just, like, not sprites but like a full screen like get my anime on in pico 8 and i was like went into it and i was like how would i do that and i was like oh shit you can only have like 128 by 128 of sprites like your sprite sheet and your maps and everything like has to fit in that thing right and then i was like well but like if i look down here it's all it's all like in the cart data and so like maybe i can just copy and paste that or something and then it was like Oh yeah, if you want zero tokens left, that's great. Which is like how many uh, uh you, know, you know like different words or objects you can have in your thing before it runs out. Logic tokens. Yeah. Um and I was just like, "Well, shit." And then I was like, "Well, <laughs> wait a second, cuz like I've had some pretty long strings in my games that only count as a token." So yeah, you put the thing in in, you know, quotation marks and boom, like 
you go back to like, oh, I'm only using a token instead of a bajillion. And I was like, well, shit. And so then I just like <laughs> wrote like a simple like parsing thing to like take that and like output the graphic data. And then like had to figure out just how to like write that to the graphics buffer, which I don't remember what I did, but it was like insanely simple compared to like to how crazy it sounds. Right. And then I was like, well, shit, now I can do this animation stuff and I'm getting like, it's, it's still like, I'm only getting like, um, an, a limited amount of frames or whatever. And then other, like, so I'm like, well, that's cool. So like I posted on the forums, the Pico eight forums, and then people are like, oh, well, you should just compress those strings. And so now like you're getting like crazy amounts of stuff and I'm just like, this is crazy, man. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny because it's not like, I mean, it, it, you know, it sells itself as a fantasy console. So like it's putting its own restrictions on it. Like obviously yeah. it, it like it's, it's using a small percentage of the processing of the actual machine, but just for the purposes of like kind of because limitations are, are creative challenge. Yeah. But people yeah. would like trying to fuck with those limitations and weird ways to yeah. like get more out of it is pretty funny. Yeah. I, I think you probably saw this, but my, my friend Eli made a, a sign distance field renderer in Pico 8, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, it's that's basically how you describe a, a sh- the shape of an object if you're not using polygons. You just describe it with um, with math, basically. Right. Yeah, so a sphere is just a point and a radius. Um, but the way those renders work is like ray marching. Like you have in Blender or something like that where you click render and it like steps through the scene and like, you know, uh, gets a finer and finer image until it finishes. Um, and e- Eli made one of those that worked in Pico 8 and could store like, I don't know, it was, it was like 20 frames or something. Hmm. Just like crazy. That's so nuts. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, do anything else, Will? Uh, playing any video games? Yeah, it played me some uh, some Sonic Mania. Yeah? Yeah. You got your Mania on? Woo! You manic? It was great. Yeah? Yeah. Do you like Sonic? Uh, like as a kid, I loved Sonic One, Two, Three, and Knuckles. And then, like as a teen or like early teen, I was like into Sonic Adventure. But I think that was more just being like three D. No way. Three. Look at him. He runs away from that whale. Look at it. Yeah. It's crazy. And so, like, I enjoyed it. But like going back to it, I'm just like, this is really difficult to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um. But Big the Cat. Eternal. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like Big the Cat's one of the more fun parts just because like it's more simple and like the shitty camera doesn't matter because you're just this giant lumbering cat, yeah. you know? But like, uh, <laughs> no, like I can still go back and play through like Sonic and Knuckles and be like, this game's fucking cool because like it just, so, it, it just does what it does really well. And like, there's all these cool little things. Like there's like all this there's like a narrative thread that goes along the whole thing, but it's just tied together with like tiny, like five second little clips in engine at the end of a stage, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, you uh, hop onto the plane. That's the next level. Or you fall down into the desert to go to the next level. Or or you play Dr. Robotnik's mean bean machine against Dr. (laughs) Robotnik. And that's the boss battle for that game or for that level. And so like, those games were those games were pretty good. Uh, there's like a lot of problems like inherent in Sonic gameplay, um, but in general they're like really great games. And then, and then Sonic died. 
Yeah, Sonic. <laughs> I mean, like he really like that is like a nose dive. Like people are like, Generations is good, and it's like it's fun, but it's kind of shitty. Like, let's be honest here. Like, nah, I'm not about that Sonic Generations. Mm-hmm. I played it. I played a few levels, and I was like, okay, but like I didn't really, I didn't want to play anymore. You know, like Sonic Mania is like where it's at for real. Like, I definitely think that like this game is like. As far as Sonic goes, like Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic 3 and Knuckles is like top of the line. And I think that like Sonic Mania for me is like the next tier up. Really? Like it's not, it's not like super far up from that, but like it's, there's parts of Sonic Mania that are like literally like the like way high water mark of the series. Wow. And then there's parts of it that are like filler and boring, but like those like four or five stages that do what it does really well are like doing it so good and, and you, let's be honest it wouldn't be a sonic game if it didn't have filler yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh do you think it's because because sega just gave it over to the fans like because christian whitehead and every everyone's at the head of this uh i don't know it's pretty interesting because like um like so there's like a weird history with this where like the this this kind of came out of like a remake of Sonic Two, right? And that kind of came out of this like message board, like Sonic Retro forums or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a good there's a um, did you know gaming video about Sonic Mania? Yeah, and it's like yeah. So they brought on Christian Wrighthead and he was a modern. He was making a fan Sonic game. I'm like oh cool, all right, that makes sense. And then they also brought on Head Cannon and that was these three guys and they were also making a fan Sonic game. And then they contracted out to all these other people and they were making fan Sonic games. I'm like what? Yeah. What, what the what? Well, like that Sonic Retro Forum was just like a a spot for these like super Sonic people to be like, yeah, I'm I'm making like we're gonna have like a cool Sonic engine that we can make our own games in. Because, like, Sega was just like, we don't make that kind of Sonic anymore. Like, no matter how hard Sega would try being... Blase. Yeah, like, it was just like, no, we're not going to do that. And so, um, there was, like, this, like... Like, you know, it would basically be if, like, Nintendo was like, yeah, we're not going to make, like, Mario games where you just hop and bop. You know what I mean? Like... Hop and bop. And essentially, like, I mean, a lot of indie gaming is being like, we don't have enough Mario. You know, we need more of that Mario. And so, like, this was just like a spot for these people to be like, we don't have the Sonic we want anymore, so we're just gonna make some. And uh, I guess, and you can come get some. But so here's here's the Ward Cast exclusive. I've got the deep dirt. (laughs) Are you ready for this? This is crazy. Uh, So like Sonic. So here's like the semi dirt, right? Uh, you gotta get through that first before yeah. we get to the real pay dirt. So when the Sonic Retro forums were talking about like doing a Sonic Two remake, uh, they were like do- calling out for like music and stuff, and I was like, "This is awesome! I want to be a part of this." And like, I wouldn't. I'm not that good at music. I'm okay, you know. Like, I can make. I, I'm. I can get it done. So like, I'm not being like, they didn't like me and they suck. But like, so I made all these like remixes of stuff, and it was like very like synthy and like kind of like poppy and like um more just like how could i reimagine sonic music mm-hmm. and like at the time they were like no we just want it basically like if it sounds like a horn in the game we want it to be a horn in the music and i was like that's dumb you're dumb this is stupid like <laughs> and so i was just like there's no hope for this they're just going to make like sonic 2 with like a little bit upgraded 
visuals and a little bit like and like basically like a MIDI soundtrack like with a nice like soundboard or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like not interested anymore. Um, and that kind of turned into like Sonic Mania, which the music in Sonic Mania is like baller good. Like somebody along the line was like, well, no, we can't just be like, oh, it's a horn. So make it a horn. Like we need to make this like crazy out of this world like stuff. And so like, I'm really psyched about that. Cause when Sonic Mania was introduced and they had like the cool, like trailer music and stuff, I was like, yeah. And then they like released some other stuff and I was like, eh, mm. But when I played it and heard all the different remixes, I was like, okay, this is dope. Yeah, because like Green Hill Zone, it plays like regular Green Hill Zone, but then like Act 2, it's like yeah. crazy remix of Green Hill Zone. Yeah, and it's like pretty great. Um, but originally they just wanted like a like a higher fidelity. Yeah, they were just like, use regular drums. Why are you using these crazy electronic hip-hop drums? You know, it was just like... <laughs> Nice. It's like there's like a level of nerddom that's just like no, it's not supposed to be cool drums. It's supposed to be drums. <laughs> that's like, what the original intent was. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like that sounds like the tragedy of Sonic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tragedy of <laughs> like, Sonic. That sounds like it sounds like something that would happen during the development of a Sonic game. Yeah, and so like at that point, I was just like not interested in this community anymore. Interesting. Okay, so that was that's that's a tiny bit interesting. All right, all that's right. pretty interesting. Let's right. rewind some more. All right. Okay. <laughs> the Sonic Retro Forum has been going on for a long time, right? Okay. And uh, it it kind of came out of this little little known forum about a even lesser known game called Sonic Two Beta. Ooh. Mm. So Sonic Two Beta, uh-huh. as the name may imply, is like this like this ROM file that's apparently a beta of Sonic 2 and it has like some extra levels or whatever. And so like these, you know, Sonic Pete kids on the net got together, did a forum and, um, my, you guys, I, I feel like you guys may have met Alan, not, not hyper real Alan, but local Alan. I've not met hyper real Alan. So. Alan Bramer. No, no, no. Um, Alan Young. He has. Uh, you you came oh. to Burger Night once. And he had his yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I met him. Yeah, name yeah. sounds familiar. Nice guy. Okay. Real nice guy. All Real right. stand up fella. All right. He was actually a moderator and then later an administrator Ooh. on the Sonic Two Beta forums. Mm. And then he was like, "I'm gonna rename this forum and like put it on my own server." And then everybody left, and then he abandoned it, and then it became Sonic Retro Forum. And then, like, Alan is like the one Sonic fan I know that's like a Sonic fan for real. Like, he's just like, every time they put out a new game, he's like, This is it. This is going to be the good one. (laughs) Trust me. Like, when Sonic 06 was coming out, he was like, They're finally going to get it right. Alan is the tragedy of Sonic. Well, no, it's like he is the Sonic cycle. Yeah. Like, made manifest. Stuck in the loop where it's just like constant, like, High hopes, disappointment. I love how Sonic fans just like grit their teeth and get through Sonic games. It's like they know <laughs> yeah. it's bad, yeah, and they just like bear down and do it. It's so cool. You gotta it's do so, it. Like, like, man, what a, what a fandom to have. And so it's just like this, like almost Shakespearean <laughs> tale, where like this ultimate Sonic fan who was like like really digged deep into it and loved it with so much of his heart that he was like (laughs) an administrator of a like unknown forum about an unknown game. And then like it got out of his control 
and it just spun off and he was fine with it because fuck with sonic retro forms who cares about them they're making shitty remixes of sonic 2 music and then that turned into an actual and sonic then, game like his entire life sega's just like here's a sonic game we promise it'll be great and he's just like no <laughs> and then finally from this from this stone he skipped across the pond <laughs> of the cosmos <laughs> circles back slingshots around from disaster and like finally the new sonic game is good and it's like he's part of that history but it's like not not really kind of i should do a documentary yeah. on him are you sure yeah. he, are, you sure, are you sure he's not rich tapestry that's a good point who knows he might be the world may never know but yeah so that's my son that's Damn, my what a good story. story but the game itself pretty good i've oh, seen great. a lot of positive response to it i mean like so sonic is a lot about gimmick and that can be good or bad and as newer sonic games display really well it can be really bad but like you know uh in sonic three and stuff like getting cool power-ups it's fun you know it's pretty gimmicky mm-hmm. and there's nothing really going on and there's nothing like really deep into it but just like going fast and like fighting cool bosses with these cool power-ups it's like a lot of fun uh and in this game there are points at which the gimmicks are like kind of whack mm-hmm. like it's not really a spoiler just because it's so like i mean i don't want to say disappointing but just under uh underdeveloped like mm. there's a stage where you land on these like little um seesaws and then you bounce something up and then it bounces back down which is kind of a callback to a sonic 2 thing that just like gets you higher places but in this it bounces you and you like go into the background and there's like another level in the background. Oh, right. I think I've seen that. But yeah. Like yeah. instead of that being like a really cool, fully fleshed out feature, it's just like you run off of huge things, hit there's a few a, bouncers a loop and, then and you come back. Yeah. And so there's like nothing really there of any substance. It's a kind of fun gimmick, but yeah. And then later also like there's a shrink ray in the same level that like shrinks you down. And it's the same kind of deal where it's like, there's nothing really that cool going on, but like it's just a little gimmick. And so those gimmicks kind of like I felt I wasn't wild by them. Also, though, there's like a huge branching level design in Sonic. So maybe they are utilized elsewhere in the level, but I kind of doubt it. Mm. Um, but um, so in like the infamous chemical plant zone where everybody drowns in the blue water, um, the second stage of that introduces a gimmick where you have like the blue water, but then you have these syringes you push into the water that like determine a bounce color group, it right? green. And the more green you push into it, the more bouncy it gets. And that was like super cool, but it kind of like maybe for better. Uh, there's no like puzzles that deal with that. Like you're not like thinking about it. It's just like this cool thing where like you're going, you're going, you're going, you're super fast. And then you like push down on this thing and now you can bounce. Like that's pretty much it. But like, it's still like, Oh wow. That's like a really cool interpretation of like Mm. this classic Sonic stage. Right. And that just felt like this is, they're doing like remixing, right? Like where like they could have just been like, Oh, here's like a longer version of this level. Right they'll like do something like that and you're just like wow these guys really like did a great job with this yeah it sounds like they're sort of embracing that like sonic is inherently about like each sonic game is inherently about a shtick yeah you know like they all they all have one 
and some of the shticks are get old really quick and some of them are really good um but it sounds like they're sort of embracing that and just like applying it throughout the game right like where can where, what's the best gimmick we can apply yep to this area of the game to remix it and they, there's like a few original levels and you know, like i said there's a few of the original levels i don't really care for that much but there's two of them that are just like these are so good. These are like really the best Sonic levels. Studiopolis is one of them, right? Studiopolis is so good. Yeah. The boss is... And, and, oh, it's so great. <laughs> I can't say enough about Studiopolis. Popping the big popcorn yeah, machine. Yeah, there's popcorn. There's like... You're getting like... Uh, it's all about TV. There's like a weird undercurrent of like media in this Sonic game. Media. Yeah, it's like really bizarre. So like Studiopolis is definitely like... I mean, it's it's elsewhere in the game too. There's like a newspaper level, but like Studiopolis is where they like really nail it. And the like the boss of Studiopolis, you uh, it's just like a regular kind of boring um, Doctor Robotnik, you know, egg machine type thing. But then in the background, there's like this chicken giving this weather report. This robot chicken, <laughs> <laughs> and like, and it'll be like, bah! and it's like all of a sudden it's like super hot, and then like the heat lamps come down and it's super hot, and, and you have to like stay under Eggman because he's providing shade. And there's like a few other like different weather things, and it's just like this isn't like the most amazing boss as far as like mechanics go, but like thematically, this is the like ultimate right boss that you could have for this day interesting what's your favorite sonic music that's really tough that's a really really tough question mine hands down is sonic 2 cave zone yeah that one is so good is uh, cave zone the one with the mine i think card? it's called cave zone uh, i don't think so no it's like the whole level's like purple okay it's in it's in like the multiplayer section of the game yeah yeah the, yeah. the multiplayer music yeah. in sonic 2 is like really great i like lava yeah. reef zone from i think sonic oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, that was at sonic and knuckles i don't remember the music but i know I, I can see the level yeah yeah and then like the the lava reef acts one and two both have like really cool music cool. yeah these games have banging soundtracks is there uh have you done many of the bonus stages you know what i'm talking about in uh sonic mania, mania? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, like, they bring back the, like, 3D world where you're collecting the blue balls and, like... What is that in? Is that Sonic CD? Sonic or Sonic and Knuckles. Okay. Um, but they also have Sonic R stuff later on. Some of the bonus stages yeah. later turn into Sonic R. So, yeah, there's two different bonus stage types. There's, like, the sphere thing, which, like, I feel like when that was a thing, that was, like, super awesome because you're like, my Sega Genesis is in 3D. Uh, it's not right (laughs) 3d um but like it was it when the when i got into that stage i was just like ugh, this sucks and immediately ran into a red one (laughs) just end it just like end me now i ain't playing along but um yeah the the there's like a racing thing where like you're trying to catch the ufo that has the chaos emerald and getting blue things levels up this like speedometer thing and you eventually are going really fast and you have to get rings and your rings are also the time limit, which is kind of like a throwback to like supersonic megasonic hype. Supersonic. supersonic. Yeah. Cause super cyan was like the, yeah, the yeah. riff, right? Yeah. It turns yellow. Um, but yeah, so I, I enjoyed that. We only played a couple of them cause we sucked at it. And by the end of the game, we had just beaten two of them. But, um, I think the, uh, other one, the, 
get all the blue spheres. Like that's <laughs> you unlock like medals or something like coins that unlock other content for the game. There's a big there's a big argument on Twitter because apparently on the giant bomb quick look of it he like called them coins but they were rings or medals and then there's just a big like <laughs> <laughs> just f- semantic yeah. argument of like what is this called? The Sonic fans are into the semantics. Let me tell you that. Yeah, well, I bet. I mean, what else do they have to live for? <laughs> not the not, master emeralds. Mm-hmm. Duh. Yeah, chaos emeralds. Is there any spinball no, in the it? The master emeralds, Dylan. What is that a different thing? God, what's the difference? It's like Dylan's never played all the Sonic games. <laughs> the only one I really played the shit out of was Sonic Two on That's, my on my Sega Genesis. That's the best one. I played it on my ga- Game Gear. Nice. Well, I played my Sonic. That's 2. awesome. Sonic Two is definitely like the Mega Man Two of Sonic, where it's yeah. just like they nailed it really well. Like I think Sonic Three and Knuckles kind of like adds to it in cool ways, but like. Sonic 2 is where it's at. Yeah. yeah. Also that the 3D mode in Sonic 2 is so yeah, fun. The half pipe. Yeah. Uh yeah, so the Sonic games I've played are 2, Spinball, both on Game Gear. Spinball is great. I played uh non Game Gear. <laughs> oh, I yeah. Um <laughs> I played Adventure. Maybe it's Adventure 2. One of the, one of the, maybe both. And then the one with the sex bat with Rouge the bat. Yeah. Uh, I think was that also the one with uh, Gamma, the robot? I think he might be in both of them. Yeah. And then I played... E-102 Gamma. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not 101. Um, and then I played Sonic Heroes. Son- That's Sonic Heroes. That's the theme song for Sonic Heroes. You've played more Sonic games than I have. Really? Yeah. I haven't really... Pl- like, I played the demo for Sonic Adventure 2, and then I played... Like every Sonic game before that, except for like the Game Gear ones, but then like nothing until Generations. Interesting. I don't like Sonic. Me yeah. either. Yeah. I don't. I don't really blame you. I mean, like it's Sonic does a few things really, really well, but overall, I don't. I think there's like inherent flaws in the gameplay. Yeah, there's no flow to. It's like, all right, we're gonna go real fast. All right, wait, well, you gotta stop. You should play Sonic Mania because there's levels where like I felt like this they nailed the flow here. Oh really? Yeah. There's also levels where they don't. <laughs> Is it digital only? Right? It's download uh, I only. I guess so, yeah. What you play you playing on Steam? I played on PS4, but I got it on Steam. Got it. I haven't played it because I'm kind of waiting for them to be like, we're taking off Denuva. Uh and yeah. also, like, I'm not the kind of person that needs to play something right away. Right. I was kind of, well, I just need, I need something to play for my Switch. I need oh, something yeah. for the Switch. So it's either this or. It'd be great on Switch. Let me see that D-pad. Uh, where that D-pad at? I think Will had it. Remember I handed it to you. I like, just threw it in the trash. Oh, well, there. Well, uh, just, Does gr- it have gr- a decent gr- D-pad? Gra- grab the Switch. Well, it doesn't have an actual crossbar. It has discrete face buttons yeah yeah that's gonna be great yeah this would be awesome i would say like um we tried to get curtis to buy it for switch but he's like i play ps4 now for some because remember i was complaining about the shoulder buttons earlier yeah yeah, yeah. it's actually fine on that like this because your hands are like further apart and you're not like holding this tiny thing yeah i don't actually like i love the design on this thing i actually don't like the joy con grip i don't i haven't used that because i'm just not a fan yeah, um, but I, like I, think it. I, so I feel like it's a cool, uh, it's a cool controller. I yeah. want one really bad. Yeah, I would recommend 
Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania on the Switch would be a great experience. Yeah, I'm either getting that or Mario and Rabbids. I'm going to fucking murder some people. <laughs> Mario. Fucking Merc. I think that was on. When he pulled that cart out. <laughs> Sam. Nah, I think it was fine. I don't think it was playing. Yeah, it didn't complain. Okay. I didn't know that they could have blue screens. <laughs> just I, was, I was like putting that together. I was like, "Wait, is that like oh, okay?" Uh, I said, "Windows joke." Uh, cool. Yeah. So that's what I've been playing. And that's it. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Sam, um, let's see what have I been playing? You, I've been working a lot. So. You beat Life is Strange, from what I heard. Is yeah. that? Oh, you didn't beat it? No, I've got, I've got, um, two more episodes. Oh, okay. So you're, but you're farther along in it. Yeah, we've done three episodes. It's good. Um. So I have stuff I super don't like about it, but I just, a lot of stuff I really do like about it. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a game I really like, but it's a game that I think could do a lot of things better. Um, we should wait till I'm done with okay. it. That's fine. I thought you um, were done with it. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. Uh, do you consume it like it's a TV show? It it feels very, you know. I'm I consume it like uh, like a miniseries, like Band of Brothers yeah. or something. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting. I definitely yeah i don't think the episode of format f- works for me because i just like all right i'm just gonna keep playing and then like midway through an episode i'm like all right, i'm gonna stop here okay i don't feel like <laughs> yeah. like and that's the way like i consume books uh-huh. it's like i'm just gonna read until i don't want to read anymore like chapter tiles are just kind of like right. milestones for me and they right. are like incentives to here's a good stopping point for you yeah yeah, yeah it's it's good so far i you probably saw my huge Twitter rant about my first impressions. I got a glimpse and, of it. I didn't. Uh, well, without like, again, I need to finish it. But just my first impressions are that it's got like pretty strong ludonarrative dissonance problems. Mm-hmm. Um, Specifically with her time mechanic. The time mechanic. Like, have you played it? Will? No, but I mean, I, I know okay, about But you know how the rewinding stuff, yeah. works? Yeah. So there is like. I listen to the Ward cast. There's no way I don't know everything about Life is Strange. <laughs> No, well, like moment and I had a conversation. He was like, "It doesn't matter. It's the game. The game doesn't. The game's like impressionistic enough that it's like it. It doesn't matter. But for me, they keep the time flow stuff literal enough mm-hmm. that it does matter. That like so. So if I, you stay in the same place when you rewind, right? So t- to the perspective of all the observers of you rewinding, it, it looks like you're, you're just teleporting. Po- yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you just teleport across the courtyard or whatever, and people are just like, "Hey, what's up?" You know, like they don't. They don't react to that. Um, and so, so I mean, it's easy enough for me to ignore, but it definitely feels weird. It felt weird like the first time, like when I was doing like the paint bucket stuff and like I was just like teleporting around Sam. Yeah. And he just like... Whatever. Yeah. yeah. There's just... Just an average day with Max. Yeah. Um, She's like but on then her they, head. But then they like even draw attention to it because they're like, how did you get up there when you're saving Kate right. and all that so, stuff? So they only, so they only make it a factor when it's important to the right. plot. And then the rest of the time, it's just uh, like, again, without being too spoilery, but it feels really weird, especially in like the train scene. Mm, right, right, right. Yeah, right. but she knows about it. She knows about it, but also the train arrives at the same amount of time no matter what. Like there's, after you after you solve that scene, it's like the same cut scene like they don't right which i understand is like a cut scene thing uh-huh. but then the writing is sort of not accounting for like rectifying like when you the fact that the we puzzle. have one cut scene yeah and how do we solve how do we make the puzzle fit that right um and then of course there's the stuff like you can go in that one girl's room i can't remember her name uh and like 
if you pick up her pregnancy test, she's like livid. Like she just like freaks out at you. But you can go and like read her email and she just like sits on her bed and like, you know, watches you do that. Well, that's that's her priorities. <laughs> right. It's or or the fact that you can go in a Kate's room while she's like crying. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. And just like, like, wow, it's a really nice picture of you and your family. And she's just like, (laughs) (laughs) she's just like, yeah, like sobbing at her desk. Um, So, I mean, I, so I like to compare it to Gone Home because Gone Home is all, has the same sort of environmental Mm -hmm. stuff. But the setting of Gone Home, like, it's just you. There's no other characters that you have to interact with and that have to watch you interact with things in the environment. Therefore, you don't have to worry about right the dissonance and so there is no luna narrative dissonance in gone home like hardly at all yeah um but life is strange has it in spades and it's not it's so it's not it's not so much that it prevents me from enjoying the game but it's been sort of a point of discussion recently in the game dev community just like what is luna narrative dissonance and you know how can you prevent it in mechanically and like from a writing perspective um i think that's the thing too where it's just like that's the like uncanny valley where it's just like absolutely life is strange feels more like a narrative experience like a a show or a movie or whatever Mm -hmm. but like shin mood doesn't and so like when you're just wandering around asking the same eight questions to like the same two people over and over again and just like rummaging through stuff you're just like oh i'm just in like a sega game whatever Mm -hmm. so like I feel like ludonarrative dissonance could be like embraced to some good effect. That's just like, but when you're just like, no, we need to make it more like X. Yeah. I mean, Metal Gear Solid does a bunch of embracing ludonarrative dissonance. Yeah. yeah. A lot. I would like to see um, that. I would like to see it like kind of a satire game. Yeah. That's a satire. I mean, jazz punk is kind of like that. A right. Bit. Yeah, yeah. But like jazz punk's more just about like playing on your expectations in general, just not like your expectations and on games just super like, burrito galaxy yeah <laughs> is like really embraces that stuff yeah um yeah but yeah other than that um what was my oh my only other complaint and i'll talk about the stuff i like so far my only other complaint is that um it uh it seems to it has kind of like a control problem like it it's it's really hesitant to give the player any sort of control in different situations um, I think my favorite example was like, so there's like that drone, you know, like you can go talk to that girl as the drone. And if you're like, if you like rewind so that you can appear to be smart about the drone or whatever, she's like, you can fly it. And I got, I did that and I realized, oh shit, she's totally gonna let me fly her drone. I'm going to get to like pilot this drone. Right. And, and it's then just it's just scene. on a loop. Yeah. Right. And it's like, what a cool opportunity. I mean, it would have taken a programmer maybe two days to put in like really simple just like drone movement well and restrict but there's more than that there's like the collision like what we're we gonna let it interact with how just far we're we gonna let it move stuff yeah or just make it so that yeah. like it's really easy to crash and if you crash she gets pissed so you rewind and then you're trying not to hit stuff right but maybe it's like i'm, I'm just trying to think of like the difficulty in it like maybe it's uh like from the ground perspective the the scene looks fine but the second you like have that start letting someone have like full like free movement 3d movement right and you can just start driving towards over the dorm room and on the other side of the dorm room is just like untextured just like checker squares just yeah. everywhere and shit right right right. well i mean i'm, I'm sure that uh, i mean obviously well, I mean, you could also just be like you can you don't have pov of the drone so like so it's just locked yeah yeah or or just restrict the drone to like a relatively small area like yeah, i mean it's, that's also it's not, like it, something that's very inherent to drones 
Yeah, they can't go that far. Sure. But my argument there then would be like, is that not in and of itself more ludonarrative distance where it's like, all right, I mean, or more like a, just a different type of control. Like what would be the difference? Like, oh, I can only fly within this small contained space versus flying on a rail. Well, it's more like I thought I was going to get to fly it. And the game actually set up that expectation of like, I'm going to get to fly this drone around. Um, and you're sort of getting that moment in a very exploratory moment of the game mm-hmm. where you've gone out to the courtyard for the first time and the game is sort of like giving you free the leash a little bit. Yeah. Right. Um, well, that's another thing that like Shenmue and it feels does like really you, well. It feels like a moment that would match, right? All right, yeah. Like Shenmue, um, you go into an arcade and you can actually play the games, or like you get go to like a or just get capsule gotchapon thing, yeah, and you yeah. can actually get toys and sort of play with them. Like, I feel like that's a huge, a huge opportunity for like more engagement. Yeah. Um, as far as what I like about the game, the writing is really solid. Um, I think the story is very interesting. Uh, it's a really good coming of age story that has a sci-fi fantasy twist to it that isn't kitschy, which is cool. Like, I mean, like Twilight's a thing, right? And that's like a coming of age story, but also with a shitload of all this like fantasy kitsch and Shit, they, shitload of glitter, right? <laughs> and they just don't. Um, I don't know. Like, I was, I'm, I'm kind of impressed by how so it's it's really not a game about time travel at all it's just a game about meeting people yeah which is fascinating mechanically i am um i am super fat interested in playing the the prequel because cause mm, oh to, yeah it's coming out yeah to, to me the the sci-fi elements are the least interesting part exactly I mean, the, the the finale actually adds a lot to it that makes it super interesting but i would like to play a version of Life is Strange that doesn't have any of the sci-fi elements and they're making that and I'm excited. Because play Persona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dylan's not going to play Persona. I'm probably yeah. not. Like, I have limited enough time as it is. I don't want to sink, what is it, 60, 80 hours oh, yeah. into I, I'm Persona 5. I'm going to finish that game, but, but, but yeah. Um, but we had this discussion last year with, and, and Dan and I, we didn't really go get into it, but we were kind of having this discussion. Cause it was weird because from their perspective, it was a sci-fi story first and then like this coming of age story second. Whereas for me, uh. it was the reverse. And, you know, like you're saying, kitschy sci-fi, like like that that kind of stuff doesn't, doesn't yeah, grab like me. Sci-fi channel type yeah. shit. Yeah. I, um, not- I'm interested when you finish it, I want to hear your comparison between it and Oxenfree. Because I found a lot of par- mm. parallels between this and Oxenfree. Yeah, and I know you really liked Oxenfree. I did like Oxenfree a lot, and I like, uh, I like Oxen. Like I like Oxen Oxenfree for a lot of the same reasons. Like all the, it's like really good character writing. Yeah, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's cool. The 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 whole like choice system is good. Again, I wish they didn't scold you for everything that you do in that game, but mm. but. It's still, um, like that's what I liked about Oxenfree so much was that it's a it's a very choice heavy game with a lot of branching narrative shit that can happen. But they just like don't tell you um, what you could have done differently really until the very end. Well, I mean, but they kind of hint at it with like the the hint system with friends, like the friend, like the ghosts that are in like the mirrors and shit. Right. Yeah, but that's like you have to like. You know, you wouldn't know what any of that means. So and so will remember that, right? Yeah. (laughs) No, no, I know what you mean. I just really like that section where at the very end, auction for you go back and you're like, oh shit, I have to, I 
am doing the thing right. that I saw that didn't make sense, but now it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Oxenfree is... Whew, game is so good. Coming to Switch. Sweet. It's another reason for me to get a Switch. Uh, yeah. You been playing anything else? Yeah. Um, I played probably six or so hours, five, five, six hours of Tokyo 42. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I wanted to give it a try because I'd, you know seen it on twitter a bunch and it looked cool and i finally had some time to try it game is beautiful but not very good and it's like heartbreaking it's like an isometric like retro city rampage yeah kind of thing. Uh, yeah yeah it's like it's like retro city rampage uh w- with a little it's like feels kind of like a little more like chinatown wars if you ever played that game no by the gta one yeah, yeah. that that game is really good um but yeah so so open world in the sense of we just like have a really big level Right. That you can play around in. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of feels also like like Super Mario 3D World in a way. Cause a lot which of the, I haven't played, but... A lot of the yeah. levels are kind of structured like that. Mm-hmm. It's like this isometric look. Right. So you can just run around in this in this like um, big, futuristic, ultra-glossy... Neo-Tokyo. Um, Neo-Tokyo kind of, yeah. kind of city. Um, and it's really cool. There's uh, They like do all this like fun parkour stuff, which they call it parkour in the game. And there's no like... There's nothing other than like you can jump and you have like no gravity on your character and you don't take any fall damage. That's parkour. Okay. So you can just jump, do like crazy jumps to get places. Um, but uh, as cool as it's, it's like, I can't think of, I can't think of a better example of a game that I've like just waded through so much like bad gameplay just because of how cool and atmospheric it is. Like it's beautiful. Um, very, and, and such a fun place to be in the, and the, uh, the music is great. Um, soundtrack's really good. Uh, it's just like really atmospheric and like a nice, nice style and in some some place that you wanna you wanna play around in. But the gameplay is just not there. Yeah, it's like uh, okay, so it's totally hampered by like the isometric perspective, which is cool. But it's like they're hanging on in this isometric style because it looks cool and it's just destroying the game. Right. Um, is it like a thing of like you lose depth perception, like you can't aim well and yeah, stuff like so that? Yeah, so the way that aiming works is you've got like a marker, at least if you're playing with it, if you're playing with the mouse, it's a little different, but if you're playing with the controller, you have a marker that you move with the right stick and you move your character around with the left stick um, and he will shoot at the marker um, and there's a line that is drawn from your character to the marker and it will, if, if, it's, if it's like intersecting something, it turns red and won't like you'll your bullet will like hit the thing uh-huh. but it's also not totally accurate so you'll set up a like sniper shot from like across the map or something um and it will say that the 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 shot should clear like a ledge or whatever but then like doesn't the collider is not perfect and it still hits the ledge and now the whole enemy's alerted and uh it's also a one hit kill for everyone including the player um uh, so if you go attack a bunch of guys, you're just like suddenly playing this bullet hell, which would be cool, except the enemies are all, all like stupid accurate and they're r- really good at throwing grenades, like really far distances. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's, it's really hard and also hard to control. And you, I could come to grips with the controls and like learn to play the game and it probably wouldn't be that bad, but the game is just so hard that I, I can never... Never really get an opportunity, and I f- I felt like I I fell into this rut of just like, um, trying to find a solution to taking out a bait. Like I'll just snipe that guy, and then I'm gonna go and 
knife this dude and then and then walk around the corner and like shoot all these guys at once while their backs are turned or something. Um, and I would try that and and the plan seemed like something that you could execute perfectly. Like there's no reason it wouldn't work. And then some like weird entropic thing would happen and spoil it. But it was never the kind of thing where it was like, oh, that's like a valid gameplay reason to not try right. this plan again. Yeah. It just... It's just random. Yeah. So you'd try it again and hope that, you know, some some enemy wouldn't decide to throw a grenade or that like your shots would clear all the ledges or whatever. Um, and it might work or it might not. Um, well, I think that's better than just like, like you're saying before, like shitty colliders and shit. Yeah, it, it's not, it's it's not the worst game ever. There's also like weird stuff in it. Like they put vehicles in it for some reason. Like you can drive a motorcycle around. Really? But it's still one hit kill. So if anything hits your hits you while you're riding this awkward isometric motorcycle around, uh, you die and have to start the mission. Is over. Is the motorcycle part of your like hitbox at no. that point? Okay. No, but I mean they like, it's but, like a bullet hell. Like all the bullets are really slow, yeah. right? So you're like driving a motorcycle that has like a turning radius in an isometric perspective around a bunch of small bullets like it's just so hard to do mm. um i've never played a game with like uh real-time mechanics that had isometric view that i was like cool diablo right. i mean diablo is like I mean, the camera's higher. It's a different kind of isometric view. But yeah, it's like it, it's like Ultima isometric. It's like yeah. like where, yeah. Um, I think I think Diablo's fine because it's slow. Yeah, and you're not you don't you're not really relying on any depth perception in Diablo. But yeah, this is a very accurate based tactile kind yeah. of game. Yeah, yeah, that stinks. Yeah, it stinks, man. Because I really wanted that game to be good. Um, and I really like. Oh man, I played like if if a game is frustrating me, I will I will normally just like all right, I'm good. It's mm-hmm. like I've never been able to get through Dark Souls is because I just don't have like the right. patience for it. Um, or start it like me, just like I know better. Right. I know better than to enter this. Um, but I like I like suffered. I gripped my teeth for like six hours of this game. Like all right, it's gonna get good. I'm gonna get like a silenced gun or something. It'll make it easier. And then it just never happened. That stinks. I think yeah. Alex liked it, so maybe if you're both on at the same time, you can talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool to talk about. The game is, oh man, it's so styling. You got to play it just for like the, just for the art. Like it's, so, it's just so cool. Tell me about the music. Is it like synth pop? Or oh man, or... the music is. If, if you like the Oxen Free soundtrack, you'll like the soundtrack in this game. Right. Picture, picture like a, a more vapor wavy version of like the Oxen Free soundtrack. Mm, so less like radio crackle and more like. Yeah, it still has that like analog feel to it, but it's it's like way futuristic that's pretty cool yeah it's soundtrack is this is like like the so there's like the utopia to blade runners dystopia kind of feels like like yeah left instead of right the story of the game is that like like so this company figured out how to just like regenerate people's bodies so dying is like less of a philosophical problem basically so people just kill people like and it's not that big a deal so you're like you're like you're like one of these assassins that just like goes and kills people and if it's it's not free to get killed it's like still like a pretty super expensive traumatic and expensive thing but like you're not you know you don't cease to exist does that play into the gameplay where it's like do you earn cash and when you die you lose Um, your cash not so much uh you've got uh your guy can just regenerate into anyone so uh the way they do like 
Like, you know how in GTA, if you like switch cars, the cops will like, you're like, where'd you go? Uh-huh. They, we were chasing a red car. Now it's right. a blue one. Which, where'd red car go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what you do in this game is you get uh, not seen and then you press B uh, and that just like changes your skin. You just like change into someone else. Huh. And, and the rules on it are pretty vague, but sometimes you can walk away, just like put your gun away and then just like peace out. Other times they like somehow know it's still you. Mm. Um, but yeah, it does, it does uh, change in the gameplay. You can like dress up as, as a, a an enemy type. Cause like, there's like all these little factions. There's like these factory worker dudes who like are militant unionized fact- factory workers. And then there's like, uh-huh. Tell some, me more. Some punk dudes. And then there's like a, a, like a faction. that's just like nudists that just shoot people. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, they're just called nudists. Um, but yeah, you could you you can be one of their. You can just like dress up as as one of them, or like shape shift into one of them, and like you know walk through. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's it. It stinks that the game's not that great to play, though. Huh? I said it stinks that the gameplay that itself. Yeah, isn't that it's great. it's kind of a bummer. I I like. I even got. I I liked this style so much. Um, like I I quit both times out of frustration. Right. Uh-huh. But like the second time I played it, I was like, "Man, I just gotta play some Tokyo 42. Because gotta style. look at it. Yeah, it's <laughs> cool. It's it's so styli- stylistic. It's just what was awesome. The deal with like the weird demake version of it. I totally forgot about that. Uh, yeah, that um, I think the demake version was like some viral marketing campaign that he did that went super shitty. He like made a fake persona. It was this guy that said like, "Hey, I made this." old zx spectrum game called tokyo 41 and you like totally ripped this off and i own the trademark on this and blah 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 blah. and they started like a fake twitter fake drama internet fight yeah and then it all came to light that it was like some marketing campaign and people got pissed dude tokyo 40 42 didn't sell well because the game sucks <laughs> <laughs> like make the game better why are you spending time on this? Like, what? Make a separate game. Make the game better. Like, it's, I mean, there'd be so much you could do to make the, like, make the enemies fudge their shots more. You know, like, there's just so much. Get in some of that coyote time. Dude, I was playing yeah. that game and I was literally like, what? I, I want to work on this game and make it better. Like, that's how much I love the look and the feel and the, Interesting. And the story of it. But it's just, ugh. Like, why are you <laughs> like, fucking around with this? That kind of ties into since I mentioned Coyote time in this, that kind of ties into that Twitter thread yeah. that you saw. Will, if you want to go into it a little bit. Uh, it'll, it'll take me a second because I'm an, we'll just, just I'm an old it. man that doesn't know how to use cell phones. Well, well, while he's pulling it up. I found that? it. Oh, oh, okay. Man, fast Jeez. old man. No, that's fine. Get into whatever you're going to get into. Oh, I was just going to say, was that D-Make actually playable? I, I might have been just been like a fake trailer or something. Oh, it was just like some know. screenshots or yeah. Yeah, videos. There something. were at least yeah. screenshots. And it's funny because, I mean, it looked like it looked like Tokyo 42, but if someone made it in on like an Atari 2600 or a ZX Spectrum or something, it's pretty funny. But uh, you guys were looking at a Twitter conversation earlier about what was the question? What was the original okay, question? So, framed um, as? It's from Jennifer Shirley. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Okay. Uh, at Gaomi. That's G A O H M E E. Uh, on Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. she said, "Hey, game dev." Hashtag. <laughs> like I'm, I'm so old. I don't even know how to, like, announce that this is the hashtag. 
Uh, tell me about some brilliant mechanics in games that are hidden from the player to get across a certain feeling. For example, Assassin's Creed and Doom value the last bit of health as more hit points than just the rest of it to encourage a feeling of just surviving. And then, like, a bunch of developers, a bunch of game players, uh, fans, friends, and everything in between have chimed in with all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, and our favorite was so far was Coyote Time, which was when you run off a ledge and you press A too late. Yeah. It still triggers the jump, even if you're not connected to the ledge. And, like, so, yeah, so that was Chevy Ray, who did, like, a long time ago, did, like, a really nice little like blog post or something about how like different mechanics and platformers and what you can do and not do to make them more fun. And like one of them was like, um, if you have like a difficult jump, don't have like a ceiling that's like, uh, cut you off. Yeah. So like you just move that ceiling back a little bit. So you have like more headspace to mm. jump or whatever. But yeah, one of them was that making it so that you can jump after just, running off a ledge and they call it coyote time yeah. after wiley coyote yeah so that was, that was my favorite just because i like chevy ray and i like wiley coyote so tokyo 42 dev should have looked at this list and maybe incorporated some stuff to yeah. fudge the numbers a little bit Oiler Tokyo 42 dev should have play tested his game yeah. oh shit damn <laughs> him and the tumble seed guy should, yeah. should have had a play test session right yeah, it's just like, oh man, you didn't play test this. Like that's what it, like it totally seems like the kind of game that the dev would just be like awesome to watch playing, you know? Cuz he'd like be able to do all these crazy like jumping sniper shots and stuff, which the game like wants you to do. Like it wants you to parkour and like pop yeah, a guy with like the, watching a speedrunner on this game would probably be great. It'd be awesome. Yeah, but I just like can't do it. Like right. it's yeah. And you don't want to take the time to do it because there's like enough limitations to like disincentivize you. Right. I mean, like, um, it's there's no way to learn because the rest of the game is just so like it'd be cool if I could just practice on like some stupid enemies that weren't very good, but they're all like, you know, crack shots. Yeah. Crack shots with like, you know, j that just like can pitch a grenade across football field and hit some, you know, and, and there's just no way to account for it, you know, so. And anything else? Is that how you've been playing? Um, yeah, I think so. Cool. Uh, I've been playing some PUBG boyos yeah and last saturday night yeah your boy got his first chicken dinner how'd it taste oh it was <laughs> succulent <laughs> it was delicious uh so felt pretty good about that i got it in a uh first person only server Ooh. so now i'm just gonna stick to first person only because i feel way better it was funny because i was i was talking about it last week when dick and joe and i was like yeah, I think we're going to switch to first person only because I feel like, I don't know, I like it more. And then like playing a couple rounds of that, I was like, oh, right. Most multiplayer shooters I've ever played have been first person. So, of course, I'd be kind of more attuned to this than yeah. a third person shooter where I have to quickly like change in and out, like look down sights and do all this stuff. You know, people were saying like, oh, but not being able to like peek around corners in third person, that's like a big part of the game. But like if nobody can do that, and, now that's just yeah. a different And it adds more suspense to yeah. it. And, and, and also, like, alleviates a lot of stress because if you start, like, running through, like, a forested area or something, right? Mm -hmm. In third-person mode, you're using free look and you're just, like, swiveling the camera around you to make sure you, if anyone comes up behind you. But in first-person, you're just like, fuck it. If someone gets a, is, runs up behind me and gets a crack at me, like, th that's the way it goes because I'm going to get right. the same thing on someone else. So, like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah that 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 part of the stress is just gone 
you just like accept that like that's the risk you have to take and just just play the game that's pretty interesting yeah so i like it um so i got my first chicken dinner solo boyos i feel like they've edited the loot tables more because i'm getting a lot more scopes because that game had a two-time scope on ak and then a four-time scope on sks and so it was just sniping people yeah you had a pretty good setup i had a nice clip of i was in one of those like someone i think sacriel on twitch called it a wizard's tower it's just like the freestanding like octagonal looking buildings you know talking about with the staircase that runs up them Mm -hmm. called it a wizard's tower but i was up in one of those with like a car 98 which is the bolt action sniper rifle and i had a pretty good clip of this guy he was like right outside the shield you just see him like running across the field like (laughs) oh oh, oh," and i'm like have the car 98 i keep like trying to take shots from him and i finally took him down because only like five shots to a clip i was like cool and i saved the clip and then the video got corrupted oh that sucks so i was just watching i'm like well this uh, this is something will might like it's just this <laughs> shit ton of artifacting like on the screen but yeah i heard that they're doing uh like a smaller urban map with like i don't know how small less players uh i didn't look into it much all i know is that they are doing like an urban jungle map if that is good i'll probably get the game like that sounds pretty I, so, interesting. so i played it once um and i just didn't like how much waiting there is yeah like I, like like that was the only thing that was then like you, would, you should probably play teams yeah yeah because because there's the waiting but there's just yeah, I like i tried a solo game there's just there's just a bunch of bullshitting but then also there's this huge like I mean, like, because you play a lot of CSGO and there's kind of like yeah. that build up phase of like, all right, buy my weapons, doing that. Just imagine that, but you're just like doing a treasure hunt with a group of that friends. That seems like a lot more fun. Yeah. yeah that seems way more interesting. So if you get yeah, like, 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 like duos or something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely want to get into it when I have time. Um, I, what was I going to say? What, I, I was curious about if the silencer you're using actually matters like does that i really... think it diffuses sound like it, it it quiets your shots obviously people are still hear the shots but it diffuses the sound right. so basically like if if i'm wearing these headphones right and someone takes a shot um you know directionally you, you know, know because it's stereo right. and what's also good is that you can swivel your avatar's head and pinpoint it because your brain does this thing where it's like okay say it's like 80 percent in my right ear and like 20 percent in my left ear and then right. i turn my head to the right all right now i'm facing uh, yeah, and you south like southwest, it. and it's and it's 50 50 in both ears so it's straight ahead right so but with a i'm assuming i don't i don't know the the specific meta of it but i'm assuming that if you shoot with a silencer the sound gets spread out more more diffused right and it's harder to triangulate i'm assuming right because then like you're saying like then what's the advantage of having a a, a silencer well i was just wondering if actually like in in battlefield for example if you shoot without one you get like you get you blip on everyone's map there's no there aren't any blips right obviously right yeah so i was wondering what they what they did to make it yeah it's just that it's just pinpointing cool. people um does it it does it also reduce like damage or range or i don't if it does not by much mm-hmm. i don't really look at the stats for me it's much more about gun feel like there are stats sure. for each one it's like reload speed or like you know power or effective range or things but i don't I don't right. really pay much attention to that. I just have my guns that I like more. Like sure. some, some people swear by the scar, but whenever I compare the scar to like another assault rifle, it has lower stats, but people swear by it. So there's there's some sort of gun feel to that. Right. But I'm more of like an AK and some sort of secondary weapon, either a sniper rifle or something. Do um do uh I'm gonna ask. Um I don't know, I forgot. <laughs> I had this other great game. So Will was asking if I was capturing audio with my clips, and I 
ended up doing it unintentionally because my mic wasn't plugged in all the way and then it was so the nvidia like shadow player instant replay like started picking up the mic mm-hmm. and there was one where i was in a shootout with uh in this carport so like there are buildings that's like a carport and then like uh two more floors on top of it and this guy runs inside and there's like a little office room like on the front of the carport mm-hmm. so I, I run inside and i'm looking around and i see this door open in the office room on the first floor i'm like i wonder if like there's a, so i like kind of like peek in and all of a sudden this guy like starts shooting at me and all i have is a shotgun because i got like shit for loot that at the beginning of that round right mm-hmm. so i run into the carport itself which is really large it's like a you know three car garage and i'm like waiting for the guy to come out because you know i i have i have tactical advantage there and he jumps out of the room so he like immediately misses my spread because mm-hmm. you know he just jumped straight over it and then he has some i think he had like an ak he had some sort of powerful like auto rifle and he just starts spraying the room completely misses me Mm-hmm. So I just run up the stairs, and so it's you know it's a staircase with like a landing on it, uh, and then it turns around and goes the rest of the way up to the second floor. Mm-hmm. And I run up there, and I'm waiting for him, and he doesn't. And I, I kind of hear him creeping around, but I have no idea because there's, there's there's only like one place of ingress for the second floor. So I'm like, he has to come in front of me. So I start looking around and backing up, and the shotgun doesn't have a huge range. And then there's this window that's like one of those bathroom windows. It's like super small. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not super high up. It's kind of like low, but it's it's at the landing. It's like like three quarters of the way up the staircase to the landing. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at this window. I'm like, is this motherfucker going to go outside, round the house, and then try to shoot me through this goddamn window? So I just have the shotgun locked. And then I just see this guy, this head just like, hello. And then I just shoot him straight with a shotgun, <laughs> which was like at least 15 feet. Right. And it killed him straight in the head. <laughs> and then you just hear me on the recording go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Like straight, you shot him through the window. Yeah, yeah. Went through the window right into his fucking skull. I was like, that's perfect. It. That's going. That's in, awesome. It's going in the highlight reel. That's pretty great. Yeah, I felt pretty good about that. That's my favorite thing about about Counter Strike that I I think I, I'm still addicted to is just like the nutty shots that you can make. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in this. There's uh, I don't know who does it, but there's like a weekly like highlight collection just for PUBG, and it's really funny because he does it in like segments in, in the video, and it's like a 20 minute video. But like the first segment is always like all right, here's like some pretty good trick shots or, you know, pretty, pretty accurate shots or like, here are some shots from a car or something. They're all like thematic. There's always like a section of like, this is us fucking up. It's just a (laughs) bunch of people. Like it's either revolved around like vehicles or vehicles exploding or vehicles just falling on people or like friendly fire. And it's just the fucking, the most hilarious thing. Like there's one guy, a motorcycle got clipped into a door, like the outside door of a building and it's just like freaking out because like halfway clipped through this door. Mm-hmm. So the guy comes up and he's like, all right, well, and he like shuts the door. And the second he shuts the door, it like triggers some sort of collision and the motorcycle just explodes and kills him. <laughs> yeah, it's a God fun damn. game. Yeah, it is a fun game. But yeah, I played that. Um, I played the Destiny 2 beta. Um, oh, cool. Which was, it was Tuesday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. Which is like some like why would you make it these dates? These seem like the worst possible dates you can make it. That's pretty weird. Um, but it was on PC, so I played. So I was like my second ever shooter I've ever played using mouse and keyboard. So because I already had like the PUBG setup, mouse and keyboard already set up. So I was just playing that. Played through like the opening mission where it's like all the bad guys are attacking the I fucking I don't know they're doing bad stuff, and it was pretty cool. And then like you finish that, 
Um, and it ends with like the leader of like the cabal, which is like one of the villainous groups in Destiny. He like kicks you off his ship. It's pretty cool. He he just like puts his foot on you and then just pushes you off his spaceship and you just fall. And then it just cuts to cuts the title card. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh cool! Like can't wait to do more missions. And then the only selections were like, all right, you can do multiplayer, uh, competitive, or you can do this one strike. And that's all we have for you. And the strikes are like dungeons, basically. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, there's no like solo mission shit i can do well all right well done with the beta all right well (laughs) uh but yeah i don't know it's a fucking bungee shooter if you guys like bungee shooters i like halo i never played destiny one i played like 15 minutes of it i mean it's all right it's just i don't know it's it's a very striking game it's very pretty but it's just like all right here are the enemies that are basically the elites here are the enemies that are basically the brutes headshot 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 oh he's he's shouting at me oh this guy's got a jetpack why well, have i got jetpack too okay time to use my ultimate blah 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 that sounded like a pretty good game loop just then i mean it's yeah like <laughs> like it's just it's 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 kind of uh, it's not interesting for me sure yeah it's just yeah like, I, don't, I don't know i i mean no i'm the same way I, I i i really have a lot of love for the old halo games um but i didn't I wasn't super in a hate like like I played four and I was like all right yeah that's exactly and I played five and I was like all right <laughs> <laughs> right like for me like Halo was for the multiplayer and like you would I would play the the campaign if no one was on or like I was bored or like I just like but like this is basically just the campaign or the campaign turned into like some weird like World of Warcraft multi MMO thing yeah it's like. Borderlands with less jokes and more like, <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> do they still uh, do that? Uh, less so. It's more like using their fucking like Leonardo da Vinci sketches, like with the fucking <laughs> geometrical shapes that fold and unfold and stuff. It's, I like the aesthetic. Yeah, I think that's I mean, cool. That's that's kind of how I felt about like the writing in 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 Destiny One. Just from like what I saw, it was very like I am very smart. You know, like. Here's here's Paul McCartney because we could afford him, right? Uh, yeah. That the story behind the Destiny One writing team where like a bunch of them left like at the eleventh hour and then they were just like fuck, we gotta push this back a year and then they still didn't have like shit and they're right. just like stapling aspects of the game together to make release. Yeah. Um. I don't know. People they love that Destiny, but I I don't really care about it. It's yeah. fu- it's fun enough, but. I've always hated the Gregorian chants in Halo. I know like a lot of people that's like the ultimate thing that's ever happened in gaming for some reason. Is it just in Halo or like do you hate Gregorian chants like in general? No, I mean I think they're fine. It's just like like Lord of the Rings, do you hate Gregorian chants? It's like watching it would be like watching like the pianist with like a drum and bass soundtrack. It's just like it just doesn't make any <laughs> fucking sense. Like Yeah, Gregorian G- Gregorian chants like mashed up with with Steve Vai is like yeah, like, is going on. It just didn't make any um, sense when I played. I was like, "What are they? Are they trying to convince me that this is epic?" Like, I don't. Yeah, they try and tell me that the Halo story is actually better than it yeah. actually is. All right, that Halo Two main menu music is like bliss. Like that's that's some of the best game music I think that's like been written. I I I, <laughs> I is that that? Oh. Yeah, except it's like really really like quiet and, and blasted like, out in the space like. Because because the view yeah. is like a shot from outer space, yeah. I would I would see that you know most title screens, start screens that are take place in space 
are usually really good because that one's awesome. The Mass Effect one, oh yeah, one is awesome. Oh, the yeah. Super Mario Galaxy one, one is oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> Those are all three fantastic title screens. Yeah, the Halo two one is it's like blue. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. Are you say you love Halo two, dude? Are you just not a fan of? Like. Like fourteen year old me was like when that happened. Yeah, let's you know, go. Like you're doing the new Mombasa level and you're driving the warthog across. Yeah, Africa. oh my god, bum, bum, man, bum. most adrenaline I've ever had in a video game. Like, and I never, I just never felt like I was just like, there's a disconnect here. I can kind of see what you're saying, but I think I think it worked in its favor, at least at the age I was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was at the age when I thought like I thought like the Transformers movies were cool, you know. Mm. So well, okay. Sam, enjoy your last ep- showing on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I, mean, I, you. I I don't think that anymore. But I think w- when the first one came out, I was like, also like oh, Halo, shit. and like my desktop wallpaper was like a Bugatti or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I had a friend when the first Army of Two game came out. He was like, Army of Two is the most realistic mercenary shooter in the world. And I'm like, dude, this just seems like a bunch of stupid broy shit. He was like, no. Because when shit hits the fan, they go, oh shit. And that's how you know it's real. <laughs> like, all right, dude. Dude, Army of Two was made for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like that dude. That's what they that's what they were That's their target market. Target market. That's what they wanted that guy to say it, about it. Army of Two. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. that but that's exactly how I feel about the Gregorian chant in Halo. Like it was just somebody like it's somebody like stepping between you and the game and being like trust us this is really epic <laughs> it's yeah. really cool don't worry listen to this gregorian chant though um also played flippy knife because alex was talking about flippy knife mm. it's exactly what it sounds like you hold a knife and flip it and then try and catch it without cutting yourself uh, no it's on a stump and you want to flip it so it lands blade first into the stump again and you want to get uh, a streak going it's pretty fun. I like it. Would be nice. Uh, yeah, and I'm still playing C- Disney Crossy Road. There's it's, so many nights. It's Aladdin weekend, Will. Haven't you already done an Aladdin weekend? It, yeah, but this is a new one. Now I am unlocking Prince Ali, fabulous he, Ali Ababa. Don't tell Dylan. That's just Aladdin. I uh, what? <laughs> I watched Dunkirk, and I was like, I didn't have anything to play a game on, other than my phone. So I got this really shitty game called War Wings. <laughs> Cuz nice. I was I loved the I absolutely loved all the RAF scenes in in Dunkirk. Um and it's probably it's it's definitely the most cinematic iOS game I've ever played. Oh yeah. They've got yeah, they've got like the the full cockpit and like like y- your engine will start smoking and then like there's like a bullet hole in your in like the canopy glass, the glass but the yeah. smoke is like coming in through the bullet hole and stuff. Yeah, and it's like this is an iOS game like Calm down. <laughs> and then, and then this you, un- crazy. you unmuted your phone and went. Da, 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 da. Yeah, pretty much. Da, 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 da. I love that. I don't think I actually ever played it. I just like the intro cutscene took too long, and I just, you know, you're just like, I want to be Tom Hardy. Had to go do something else. Yeah, I wanted to be Tom Hardy. Those scenes are awesome. I mean, who doesn't? Let's be honest. Let Welcome me tell you how good I am Junkirk. at Luke Browsers for 15 seconds. Yeah, tell me about... Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> also in that thread is they intentionally make the first five enemies miss you. 
Can they make the first enemy then the blimp? So I have like at least like three <laughs> seconds to look at the blimp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Dude, this game, Flippy Knife, the first thing it says when you open it is based on real knives physics. Oh, you did it. I think I think you always do the first one in this game. I'm gonna download it. I would be willing to bet. No, I've I've messed up the first flip. Oh no, I mean like the the first flip ever. Oh, the first oh in the game. Yeah, I think you do because I definitely did that wrong and it just, it just was gave perfect. It to you. Yeah, good. Buy a new knife. I have to buy a new knife every time. No, there are new knives to unlock. What if I I'm gonna uh, I have to buy this. Well, great. I both I distracted both of you from the yeah. from the podcast. Yeah, I'm one sorry. second. This is <laughs> <laughs> Try next game. Dude, I, don't, I just want to play. Games. Huh? There's Brezhnev so much shit. Games. Welcome to Brezhnev Games. We have many knives. Game Noah loves us very much. I'm so bad at this, dude. Yeah, so it'll install, I guess. Wow. Yeah, um, I haven't done it successfully <sighs> other than the first time. Oh, there's one. Damn, that's satisfying. I will say... I totally see why people play this. I will say, one of the best parts about Halo 2 is, depending on the difficulty you choose, they switch some of the dialogue and most of it's Sergeant Johnson's dialogue and I think on heroic mode there's a part where he gives you a tank and one of the marines is like I don't know if I want to go over the bridge Sergeant Johnson <laughs> and he's like are you hit marine he's like no he's like well listen up when I was in the Corps, we didn't have any fancy schmancy tanks we had sticks two sticks and a rock and we had to share the rock <laughs> One of the Halo games had like uh, Conan or something. Wait, really? Yeah, and it was like Conan and somebody else, and they were just like chatting, and they were supposed to just be like two like dudes in a hangar. Is this like with Stephen Colbert's cameo in the third Hobbit movie? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm ready for a challenge. This is based on real knife physics. <laughs> All right, we'll see. See what you're made of, flippy knife. Do a really shitty first flip. Trying. Well, like, so I have to do that, right? I think so. Oh, so it purposely tells you to arc it up. Yeah. Yeah, That then that's... Okay. I did it. You did it. All right. All right, back to the podcast. Yes. Um. Uh, what time are we at? We're at quarter after two. Do you guys... When you, When did you say? Um, we can, I can go for a little bit longer. Probably okay. another 20 minutes or okay. so. Okay, we'll just do like one or two topics then. Talk, talking topics. Yeah. Talking Topics. Welcome to Talking Topics with Dylan, Will, and Sam. It's not going to be 20 minutes. Nope. Guys, my USB... Uh, it's going to be like, where are you? A to mini B cable just got delivered. So, super excited about that's that. That's a pretty... I mean, that's an okay talking topic, but I thought... <laughs> no, let's talk about... It's going to take me a lot of formulating an opinion on this. Let's talk about USB standards for a minute here. Um, Really? No, no. <laughs> you really want to open up that can of war? Yeah, no. seriously. Uh, we can talk about that Nindies thing if you want to. Oh yeah, sure. I completely forgot what they announced. I mean, they announced the big boys, obviously. Super Meat yeah, Boy. I didn't forever. watch the thing. I just know that. Oh, that Super Meat Boy looked like trash. They are not doing pixel art. Yeah, I watched the trailer afterwards. I was like, this ain't pixel art. Uh, it also just looked like really like sloppy, just like mobile game. Well, that's what it originally was, wasn't it? It was going to be their smartphone game. And then I guess they ported it to Switch. Oh, yeah. I don't know. 
Because they were making Mugenics. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, we're going to shelve Mugenics for a while, make a new Meat Boy, because these these money coffers aren't going to fill themselves. Right. And then I thought they need money, though. Super Meat Boy. Like, I don't think Edmund needs to work ever again. No, neither of them do. Right. There's like, I, I used to follow Tommy. And they make money off of Indie Fund now, too, so. Oh, that's right. Well, they don't really, you don't really make money off of Indie Fund, but like. So a little bit. Yeah. I remember someone, I used to follow Tommy on his uh, Tumblr account, and someone once asked him, was like, so how's the Tesla? He's like, I don't really drive the Tesla much. I usually just drive my Nissan Leaf. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, you, you know what? No, you, you earned it. No, you made a good game. I'm not, yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't, I, I don't know. It just doesn't look like Edmund drew that game. Yeah. It looks it like somebody else did yeah. the whole thing. Like it so? doesn't, it just doesn't have, have like charm. The charm's gone. Um, but, uh, what's the game he just put out? The End is Nigh. That is an Edmund McMillan game. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. I played a, a little, little bit of it. Moment got it. I need to play a lot more of it, but yeah. Definitely. Definitely, that looked like something that he put a lot of heart and soul into. Cool. Yeah, I'm. I like Edmund McMillan. He's Me good too. people. Yeah, good dude. Apparently, Binding of Isaac was just going to be his like throwaway idea. I was reading. <laughs> oh yeah, his yeah. like Wikipedia article about it. It was like, yeah, we just you know just want to make this and just like, oh look, all the money again. <laughs> what? Hey, what do you know? And then I don't remember the other games I saw, but they also looked like really bad. What else did they have? Um, and then there was a guy that was just like, "Hey, everybody, welcome to Nintendo's." Nin- was not a fan of their. That was like really painful. Representative. I could not get through that. Let me let me look up. There's the, the uh, what is it? Morphe's Law. Oh, that looks so bad. It <laughs> looks kind of bad. So bad. The uh, um, so- I do think that that mechanic is like interesting and worth exploring, but it's just like nah. It was um so basically it's it's a it's a first person shooter or third person shooter? I don't know. I think third person. It's a shooter where it's kind of Dio de los Muertos styling. In like the loosest sense possible. Like just, here's some sugar in skulls. In the sense that like the guy was like, I'm gonna draw skulls on these ass like asset stores. Draw some skulls things. on these asses. And then like they were just like, These skulls look like crap. We'll put some dots around them and we'll call them sugar skulls. And it's like Well, there's a there's a there's a culture that does that really well and <laughs> you don't seem to understand this like yeah. um but yeah so like the mechanic is like when you shoot someone you, their body part shrinks yeah so like if you shoot my leg my leg shrinks and your leg grows right yes and then there's also like two avatars that represent each team. They just like stay in the background, and as you get shots, they grow. And oh, then, really? Yeah. And then there's I thought like, that was just them being like, "This is how big you can get." No, I thought that's what it was too. But then it had like a blur, or he said real. the guy said something. Maybe you muted him by this point, but the guy yeah, said something I, I like, did. "Gotta, gotta get to this. Gotta grow your avatar to this." I don't size. even know if I got that far. Like, I don't think I saw the actual feed where they were talking about that game. I saw that on the Slack. Yeah, people were talking about it. Yeah, I mean. I mean, like I said, like this, it's definitely worth exploring. But like, just being like, "This is our game," it just feels like. Mm. All right. Well, I have a I have a list of a uh, a couple that were highlighted. Uh, so, Super Me Boy Forever, Mom hid my game, which I've been hearing people talk about. Yeah, I haven't heard a whole lot about it. But it's on smartphones right now. Mm. So I guess you can get it, and they're just porting it to Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, Golf Story, 
which is a golf sort of look cool Switch. yeah yeah i mean it's a golf game like yeah. or is it like an rpg is yeah. it like golf for like game boy color is like is that yeah. what oh, sweet yeah, yeah all I'll right play the shit out of that i'm actually. on board oh, yeah pretty cool uh floor kids which i thought was pretty cool i didn't see it it was the uh break dancing one. Oh no that looked terrible you think so <laughs> i mean it just looked like like first of all it starts off and he's like hey guys does anybody like to break beat a boom, boom, chicka, a boom, boom, chicka. Okay, well, never well, mind. Let's go on to the next. All right, well, let's like, cut that guy out. But, yeah. but just like the trailer so itself, it was like introduced by the worst possible introduction. The period. whitest man. And then, like, I just feel like the. It really feels like this is not finished. It's very. Graphics. It's very. Hey, fellow kids. Yeah, and also you like know, I get like, the sketchiness is cool, but like it's not cool the way sketchiness is cool. It's cool the way like. This is how you draw a head. I think it would be a really cute demo to play. Yeah. I don't know if it'd make a good game in its like current state, like what they've shown. But like, I don't even know how. Like, I'm assuming it's a rhythm game. I don't even know like how the rhythm mechanics would work. But I, th- it, it, it had enough uniqueness to it. And no, da, 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 da. <laughs> I, I, I did like the sketchiness, and, like the yeah. drop frames, and like it was like, hey, we're a bunch of kooky kids like it had a very like what's yeah. the because the, they all kind of seem like prepubescent like the way their advertisers were drawn it felt like a very like uh i don't know recess kind of vibe to me or, it felt like like xbox avatars badly drawn with <laughs> baggy clothes like xbox 360 avatars yeah yeah i didn't i was not a fan so like lethal league i feel like did kind of like a cool like hand-drawn sketchy i don't even know if it does but like the feel of it does and it's like really cool limited frame animation yeah lethal league felt like a nickelodeon cartoon was that the uh, what's his name lethal league but was that the one that came out recent no no that's drawn to death that's one thing yeah no lethal league is there's a baseball and everyone has bats and it's a fighting game about hitting a baseball into someone else it's really good sweet how old's this game uh like two years? years Two, three years? Maybe, yeah, maybe older than I remember. Huh. I got really good at it for a while. It's really fun. Um, I don't know. I thought that game was interesting. I want to try to keep tabs on it. Um, Floor Kids. What else is there? Piku Niku. What is that? Because you've been telling me about oh, that. Man, I'm so <laughs> excited about Piku Niku. Oh, God. Oh, it's so cool. What, um, I, what I unearth? Uh, it's a story. It's like a post-apocalyptic story, but uh, I guess only in like, a, like, it's like Fallout where it's like the, a bomb went off and now the everything everything looks brown and destroyed um i don't really know what the story of it is but it just looks like a cute game kind of about like meeting all these different characters and you know doing these quirky little quests and stuff for them um uh, i don't know is yeah. it like what is is it like yeah, a, almost, a almost like a paper mario vibe yeah it's um it's uh it's a side scroller um i really don't know that much about it other than that oh, it looks super this game. cool alan zaccone is working on it if you know any of his work, he does those like crazy Unity tutorial, Unity tutorials. Mm-mm. Yeah, he does like all of these really cool tutorials on doing like complex stuff in Unity. Like, uh, like he did uh, his his IK tutorial he did recently was really good. Oh, cool! And he has he just came out with a series on how to do like write shaders that do like irradiance, like I think on like, I saw a CD that ROM GIF and stuff. Yeah, on Twitter. Um, yeah, he's he's like a really really good. Um, shader programmer, technical artist, kind of guy. That's cool. Yeah, I um, the uh, I get a, like a Mr. Men books vibe from this game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's totally yeah, yeah. 
definitely what it is. That's cool. They had a crazy booth. At PAX West? Yeah, at PAX. Um, they, uh, it's just like really, some really cool, like, like molded plastic shape. It's like really neat. In the shape of the characters? Uh, no, just like in this, like, kind of like a cloud looking shape. Just like something that looked like it would be in. In the game. In Pikaniku. Um, yeah. But it was like a really, I don't know. I forget how much money, like, people dump into PAX West. Yeah, I was watching, uh, I think, like, Jake Rodkin was sharing, like, the Firewatch booth being set up, and they have, like, a huge, like, light-up sign for the Firewatch logo, and they're, like, putting it up. I was like, man, how much money did that cost to custom fabricate? Because that doesn't seem cheap. What is, well, I want to know, like, like, so, obviously, like, Pikaniku has a nice booth because it's a Devolver game they just announced, and it's a Nindy game. Mm -hmm. Nintendo. Nindy. Um, But does... Like, what's the ROI on that? Like, it's really hard. It's hard to measure, I'm sure. For me, to, for me, it's really hard for me to justify spending a lot on, like, Silent Earth shit. You know, that doesn't outright seem like a fun thing to do or something. Like, like a booth like that is probably a few grand, right? At least, minimum. Right, it's probably a few grand to just have a booth. Um, R- Right. Well, PAX booths are to build reasonably priced, like... It's you're right. It's but I don't think I think a PAX booth like an isolated like ten by ten PAX booth is probably I don't know. I could have sworn I saw a spec sheet somewhere, maybe like fifteen hundred max, yeah. which obviously is not like okay super so, affordable. But I'm saying that like it's not like here ten grand for this ten by ten space. Maybe that's just what triple I is like. Like yeah, I think so. Like I I, I don't like I could never justify spending fifteen hundred dollars in a booth for my game even though I want my game to do really well and I'm trying to make a game that's like, like I'm not banking on success for it, right? But I'm trying to make a game that could do well, right? right? Like that that could like is of the quality that it, you know, could be a hit, right? Um, I would never, I would never see an ROI on spending $1,500 on a booth. Well, I think that goes into more marketing, like, okay, well, yeah. we're, we're paying for brand presence and, 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 Imagine awareness. You're you're an you're an attractive teenage girl, right? Okay. And the Ren Fair comes to town. Okay. All right. All right. The uh the most popular girl in school has a kissing booth. Uh huh. And you have a kissing booth too. Uh huh. I mean, you might be attractive, but nobody cares because you're not the popular girl. All right. Right. Exactly. B- business proposition. We put our booths together, and then we just make out with the popular girl, and, and then that's the booth, and well, hide behind a Always curtain. goes back to this, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then you pay $5 to look under the curtain. And then also we have this. Oh, this is a great idea, Dylan. <laughs> no, this is an excellent idea. So we just need to find like the the anchor game. <laughs> and then we charge people to enter the booth. Yeah. There you go. And you look under and then this is the dick bong. Yes, but <laughs> the dick bong. <laughs> well, I, I guess all I'm asking is, is $1,500 sent on a booth equal at least $1,500 in sales? Nope. Exactly. Uh, no, no, no. Well, depend. I mean, nope. it's, no, not, not for us. There's no way. There's. Well, I mean, I don't well, I mean, think. Yeah, I, I mean, there's situations Pikachu. where it would be, but like, if you have like a publicist, if you have like a publisher behind you who's like setting up meetings, then yeah, it's possible. But so there's way more than fifteen. Pikuniku, for example, or, or Devolver, whoever's spending money on expensive booths at PAX, has way more money sunk into that booth than just the booth cost. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, there's a shitload of people they are paying to be there. There is... Merch. There's merch. There is, obviously, the booth itself beyond, like, just, like, the space for the booth. I mean, there's it's the probably... There's the design of the booth. 
Okay, is ten grand too high a number? Minimum? I don't think to so. To say spent like, on just like a, the for booth? triple I no, I think a, I think like right. it'd be between Are, like five and ten grand. Dude, ten grand in sales is a lot. Yeah. But like, like you were saying I mean it's not it's not it's not a lot a lot, but it's nothing but that's why, to sneeze at. But that's why Indie Mega Booth exists. Because they front the money on that, and then you come in and you pay for all the stuff that you can reuse. Totally. You pay for your signage, you pay for your giveaways and your merch and stuff. Totally, which is which is a smart way to do it. But what like how is Devolver making back ten grand on sales from Pikiniku? They're not. It's brand presence. Yeah, and so like Devolver is also like set up like fifty appointments with like big publications and right. Which to be fair, we could do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when I was talking to Jay Tholen, Devolver had him do all that. Like he he flew out to San Francisco and set up a bunch of meetings. He did one with Daniel Riendo, I think, right. when she was at Polygon. And then she and then he was talking to me because uh, his new game. Well, he was doing that for Dropsy, and on uh, his new game, Hypnospace Outlaw. He's like, I'm going to Gamescom by myself, representing just myself. I have no publisher back, and I'm going to, I'm scheduling these appointments from right. the contacts I've made. So it's not like you need a publisher to do that stuff. You wouldn't need a publisher to front the money for like an individual booth cost. But I feel like Devolver, because aren't all the there's like a Devolver space, like there is an Indie Mega Booth space at right. PAX. So I'm sure like. None a portion of that cost doesn't even fly in front of the indies checking account. Like it might be like a indie mega boost situation where it's like they're just all right. We're paying for for yeah. The, I mean, Pikiniku space had its own dedicated space. I, I, Pikiniku was the only one I saw, so that's just the one I'm talking okay. about. I don't have a problem with Pikiniku having a booth or something. No, no, but I mean, we're talking like, about like the the investment and in going to right, one no, of these just bigger to be, trade just shows. Just to be clear, yeah. um, but but. But usually when I go to PAX, there's a Devolver ceiling sign, yeah. and then all the Devolver games are contained to that area. Oh, right, right, right. That I see what you mean. Yeah. So Sorry, I'm saying th- Devolver probably buys all of this space and a lot, like Indie Mega Booth, and then they just dole it out and say, like, we're fronting the cost for purchasing the actual booth space. Right, right. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the Indies themselves aren't paying that much, and maybe Devolver's just doing it to have a wide variety of Devolver games. They might be thinking more long term than just making money off. Like they'll make the money back from that booth, not off of Pikiniku, but in some other way. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me go. Let's go through this. The rest of this list real quick. And then, yeah, sure. Um, Steamworld Dig Two is an indie, I guess. Um, you guys like Steamworld? I like Steamworld Dig. Yeah, the game's uh, fun. They, I have a sucker for Metroidvanias. So. I haven't played it. There's Wolverblade, which was like that two and a half D hack and slash like Viking themed one. What's about like the Viking invasion of England and you're fighting Vikings, mm-hmm. kind of Castle Crashers esque. Polybridge, which is that Steam game where you mm. build the bridge. Love me some Polybridge. That's pretty yeah. cool looking. Uh, Yono and the Celestial Elephants. It's like that kind of what the fuck. It's like I didn't a, see that. It's like <laughs> no. an isometric Zelda esque game. It's kind of like Tunic. At least, uh, I don't know what the gameplay is like, but it gave me the vibe of like a Tunic. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays an elephant. Uh, Morphe's Law. Um, Light Fingers, which is like that weird like tabletop looking thing where it's like you are playing like a and d game and it's like, it's like asynchronous or not asynchronous, but it's like one person is playing like the DM quote unquote and then the other people playing the party members and so the party members have to like go through this dungeon block and then the DM controls like traps and stuff. It's kind of like that Fable Legends game that never came out. 
It's so so. It's basically like never played it. One person plays the boss, or it's like crawl, right? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, but it's not, but a different gameplay style, right? Um, where one person is control of like all the enemies, and the other people are are the party. That looks interesting. Um, Alex actually said he was excited for that. Uh, asymmetric. Asymmetric. There you go. Good. 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 We're all on the same page. Yeah. Asymmetric, Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading about Yono and the Celestial Elephants. What do you think? Looks adorable. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. It's um, super cute. Well, I think we'll shut it down there. Sounds good. Gentlemen. Cool. Talked about talked about Nindies. Talked about the mania that is Sonic. Yeah. The tragedy of Sonic. <laughs> we talked about... Talked about PUBG again. Yeah. Um, all in all, I think a pretty, pretty, pretty solid episode. Pretty good show. Episode ninety nine. Pretty good show. Yeah. Getting ready for the big one oh oh. That's pretty exciting. All right. Well then, gentlemen, thank you for ha- being on. Thank you for thanks for having me. Th- thanks for being you. <laughs> Will, where can people find you? Uh, on the internet zero one zero one zero one one one. Zero one zero one zero one 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 zero one zero one zero one one one, and now you've remembered it for life. Oh, uh, Sam, uh, just Sam Lotion at Sam Lotion on Twitter. Cool. It's like the best place, and you can find all of these podcasts at ward-games.com forward slash games. Google Wardcast. You're gonna get some results for the cast of the movie The Ward, but ignore those. It's oh nice. It's Wardcast. <laughs> uh, and podcast. Uh, if you like this episode, give us a review on iTunes, and we'll read them all on episode 100. No, we won't. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any? Let's get some user mail in. Uh, send all your emails to uh, yeah info at godaddy.com <laughs> at willblanton.atmillinator dot com. No, if you send if you send me mail to uh, will.blanton.804 at gmail dot com. I'll read it on air, no matter what Dylan says. <gasps> I got this email from a uh, <laughs> from a uh, uh, Mister Collections Agency. <laughs> he apparently is not a fan of the podcast. Uh, we owe him money now. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Thank yep. you. <laughs>